Dave and Ryan's movie review and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in three, two, one. It's Dave and Ryan's movie review. Sponsored by Nobody. All right, another week of talking movies with Ryan. And Ryan, how was your week? My week was pretty good. How about yours? Not too bad. Not too bad. Got to see a great movie. We did. Very excited. We'll talk about that coming up in in just a moment because uh, groundbreaking, maybe. But it made a ton of money. We'll talk about all of that <laughs> yeah, when, well, we, yeah. <laughs> when we get to that part of it. But before we get going, we got to take a trip to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, the place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. All right, so the actor strike. Here we go. Apparently, they can't stand being in a room very much uh, with each other. In a statement released early Thursday morning, the Studio Alliance said it had offered wage increases met nearly all of the union's demands on casting and proposed further protections around the use of AI. The alliance also said it offered the same terms that were ratified by both the writers and the director's union regarding wage increases and streaming royalties, said, however, that the actor's union wanted a viewership bonus that would cost more than $800 million per year and that would create an untenable economic burden. So guess what? We just walked away. Yeah. So, yeah. They just want, they wanted a piece of viewership, basically. Yes. So uh, both unions, who knows when they're going to get back together again. This was, you know, we thought we had something going because they left. The, the actors went out on a strike on the 14th of July. Yeah. What was the first time they met was, what, two weeks ago since then? Uh yeah, when they joined they joined the Writers Guild and supported them, and then that wrapped up, and that's why like and some I think of the everybody got the, excited. Yeah, because you know like TV shows are coming back and everything, and but you know the Actors Guild still still on the table, and uh, we'll see what happens with them. Of course, you know we talk about it all the time. The longer it extends and the more it goes, the more you start worrying about movies for next summer. Summer blockbusters are. Are we even close to being, you know, and and the funnier part will be what happens when they get everything done. I mean, then they're going to be moving through and trying to get things caught up and, and back yeah. to it. If, so. if things get wrapped up before um, February, then you'll see a giant slew of movies come out next next year. We hope we yeah. can only hope um, a movie that's actually supposed to come out this year. And I think it's still scheduled to come out. Uh, there was an interesting article in Variety magazine about Aquaman 2 and the drama that surrounded the set. I hope it's true because that would wouldn't be this be awesome. great? So Aquaman 2 is we already knew one thing. Aquaman 2 is going to be a disaster. Yes. There's no way around it. The only other way it could be a bigger disaster movie 
is if he tried to save the Titanic in this one. That's the only way. Um, and therapy notes that I were submitted. You, right? <laughs> Don't let go. Don't let go. In therapy notes that were submitted as evidence in her trial with Johnny Depp, Amber Heard stated that Jason Momoa showed up to the set drunk, dressed like Johnny Depp, down to the multiple rings on his fingers just to mess with her, and also wanted her fired. I don't see him showing up drunk, but he's got a you know he's got a really good sense of humor. He does, and you know Johnny Depp and his fashion sense are they're not too far off of each other. You know they they have a, I wouldn't say flamboyant, but you know they have that kind of like I would I call it like a didn't we decide like bohemian a free, like a free spirit bohemian like type bohemian. of yeah. And and every time I've seen Jason Momoa like in a, in a red carpet where he's got his hair down, where not like where he's wearing a suit and he's dressed up, he's got rings all over. Yeah. So I, but then she wasn't done. <laughs> then she go after she went after director James Wan, uh, saying that he yelled at her on set and wouldn't allow her to post anything about Aquaman two, going so far as to not even let the crew take selfies with her on set. That's normal for a movie set. They don't want people... Basically, they don't want spoilers. It's a good point right there. Um, and yelling at you, you know, if you're doing a bad job, you know, there's at. a lot of yelling on a, on a movie set. You're going to get yelled at. And then just before you thought it could get any weirder, of course, both reps for the studio, Momoa and Juan, deny her allegations. And they even had members of the film crew that came out and said, hey, look, None of this went on. Yes, Jason would have a beer or something once he was done, but he never showed up to set drunk. So everybody's kind of wondering where this goes. Now, all the way back in 2018, Warner Brothers and the director, James Wan, sent a letter to her attorney saying that she would not be brought back for the sequel. Okay? I wonder why. And that was before all the Johnny Depp drama started. Yeah. I okay. Well, if she, if she was, you know, that upset on set about him dressing up like that, if that if it, if it was true, then anyone could see it coming, and you, they're just basically washing their hands of her. You, you just gotta hope that Jason Jason Momoa is a troll in the in the truest sense, don't you? Though, well, you've seen like like the the memes where he's like getting ready to tackle people uh -huh. on the red carpet. Why wouldn't he do it? Right. So that all that we've talked about isn't even the best part. The strangest better. part, <laughs> the strangest part is there's a story out there that Amber Heard's former boyfriend, Elon Musk, maybe you've heard of him. Oh. Okay. Doesn't he own like X? Something. I don't know. He's got a lot of money. Yeah. SpaceX. Anyway, he sent a letter through one of his attorneys claiming that if she was not cast in the sequel, he would, quote, burn their house down, end quote. Burn, burn whose house? Warner down? Brothers. Yeah, good luck with that, buddy. Didn't somebody already try that? Yeah. Or was it Universal? There was a fire at Universal. It was something. Something. I don't know. So anyway, Aquaman 2 is set to be released in theaters December 20th. Can't look. Can't wait for this one. Oh, it's a great holiday it's, movie. It's only going to get better the closer <laughs> that it gets. Get in the car, kids. Let's go see the disaster. And the best part about this whole thing. Is it's a DC movie. Is do you know how <laughs> they got a hold of the therapy notes? How? Johnny Depp's fans raised the money to get the petition to get the courts to release them. <laughs> that's awesome. That's 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 best right there. All right, back to weekend box office. Uh, coming in at number five this week is The Blind. 
I had to look at it. That's the Duck Dynasty movie. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, came up with $3.2 million. I didn't even know they were making a movie. Uh, I didn't either. But anyway, it's doing fairly well. Came in number five. $3.2 million, uh, $10.5 million total. People, get out there and see the creator. Let's go see it. It's you amazing. Are, my goodness, you are so disappointing. Uh, $6.2 million this week for a total of just $25 million. Unbelievable. I know it might scary that it's a long movie, but it is a good one. If you liked Rogue One, go see this movie. That's a good way to put it. Saw X or Saw 10. I don't know what we're calling it. Saw crossed out. Saw X. Uh, $7.8 million. $32.2 million total. Number two, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Paw Patrol. $11.3 million. For a total of $38.4 million. And in its first week, The Exorcist Believer pulled in $26.4 million. Have you seen some of the clips of this movie? I have. There's like a, there's like a, the little, the little girl who's possessed basically looks almost exactly like uh, the girl from the, the original one. Maybe they knew what they were doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Looks scary. Looks good. Are you going to go see it, Dave? Of course I'm going to go see it. Okay, tell me how it was. Okay, I will do that. All right, so on this week's show, we we alluded to it. We got to go see Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, um, and we're going to talk all about it. Highlight of my life. Yay! Uh, and I'll be totally honest with you. I don't hate Taylor Swift. No I don't. No I know there are no people out there. Did. No, I know, but I know there are people out there that just do not like Taylor Swift to just not like Taylor Swift. Well, you know, it's not... Taylor Swift, you know, she's got a lot of good songs, and, you know, we were talking earlier. She's been around for a while. She has. And my pro-Taylor Swift argument is I don't know what more you want from this girl. She's only written every song she's ever put on an album. Yeah, I guess we're just waiting for the new one when she breaks up with uh, the Chiefs guy. With Travis Kelsey. That's right. That's right. All right, so we've got that. And then in that vein, we're going to talk about some concert movies. Both of us read the subject a little bit differently. Yeah. But we're going to talk about them nonetheless. And then, of course, we wrap up with round two of October Madness. Round two, fight. And we're not going to quit until we get to the scary movie that we will support as Dave and Ryan's movie review. Is that what we decided? Yeah, the one to rule them all. (laughs) One movie to rule them all. One movie to scare them all. That's true. So that's all coming up. But first, here's an honest movie review. It's now time for another Honest Movie Review. Today, we go back to 1995 and look at Cutthroat Island, the action-adventure flick starring Gina Davis. We set sail for Cutthroat Island! More gold, jewels, and plunder than you've ever dreamed of. I'm gonna split you open. Give me the map. Give me a kiss first. One of the biggest box office bombs of all time, and for good reason. MGM should have just made a porno. It might have been better. It would have been cheaper, and certainly more honest. Can't wait to speak with you again next week. All right, we'll be right back and be talking about Taylor Swift, that was the Eras Tour. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one. Action. 
What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it, so you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. You get to experience the breathtaking Eras Tour concert performed by the one and only Taylor Swift. Now, I know Dave and Ryan aren't necessarily the biggest Swifties, but is there enough entertainment value to hit home for everyone? Let's see what Dave and Ryan thought of Taylor Swift and the Eras Tour now playing nationwide. All right, so we went and saw this movie on Friday night yep. with everybody else because they have such tight stringency things going on with with this movie yeah, it's unbelievable what what's going on you know if you're saying oh i can't believe tickets are that much or oh why are they only doing it these days these days and these days there's a reason for that yep so let's get into it taylor swift the eras tour is two hours and 48 minutes long yeah that it was it was a lot it was a lot however Apparently, it's 30 minutes shorter than the actual uh, concert production. <laughs> and they actually took songs out of it. You, you, you know, um, if you were there live, I would totally understand that. But in a movie theater, I, I just can't see it. Well, Which, we did see it. We did see it. So so why are you, why are you talking about it? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. We, we talked about this, too. If you are not a Taylor Swift fan, you're probably not going to go see this movie. There no. will be no reason for you to go see this movie. If you are a fringe Taylor Swift fan, go to the movie and enjoy the production value of the stage performance. Yes. It is amazing what they've done and what they do in one of these shows. All of her, between all of her costume changes and all of the... Uh, the tiles on her stage that seemed to go forever. That stage was huge and it just went forever to all the projections and everything that they do in, in this, this stadium. It was filmed at SoFi stadium, the home of the Rams and the chargers in Los Angeles seats about 70,000. Uh, my one complaint, and we talked about that is if you're going to a concert, there's a certain level of intimacy that you feel when you go to a concert, even in a stadium where there's, 60 to 70,000 people. There's that level in it. And that's any concert. Yeah. I, you know, if you went to this concert, I bet you had a great time. It looked, it looked like everyone had a great time. Every time it showed people they better. Yeah. They paid enough money. They better have a good time. That's right. But you know, the, like you said, uh, with the production value of this was just amazing. The special effects they used, uh, in between eras and, uh, the whole with the costume changes and stuff like that. It was just amazing. They, you know, like you said, they shot it in SoFi Stadium, so they used the cable cam and all the cameras that they usually use uh, for the games, and plus uh, some more uh, cameras down around the stage. There were so many angles and so many cuts. It was amazing. The producer must have been very happy. I would imagine so. Uh, the other thing about it, too, is that w we talked about she starts out the show and says exactly what you're going to get yep. 17 years worth of music. She made the comment that, you know, she came out with like five albums yeah, and, and never toured. And she wrote them all herself. Yeah. She came out with five albums, never went on tour with any of them to support any of them. So we're like, okay, we're going to do everything. 
Yep. And she does do everything. There's the transitions, like you said, between the eras. I believe we started with Fearless and yeah. worked our way all through between um, Folklore and the other one right now escapes me up uh, evermore yeah Folklore evermore, was the, evermore was a, uh, the transition was pretty cool red uh 1989 and then finally ends with the midnights era and it's a great concert movie if you love er- if you love taylor swift you're gonna like this movie and even if you just like taylor swift you're gonna like this movie yeah. because you get that as you said you get that concert experience Without having to pay the concert ticket price, so to speak. Let's put it that way. Because, yes, you're not getting the crowd and everything and getting amped with everybody else. So I I liked this movie to the point where I gave it three buckets of popcorn. Now, I will say um, some of the things that disappointed me, there were a few songs that I didn't get to hear. And I understand when you go to a concert they may not play songs that you yeah, want to hear. They can't play everything. She did not play Red, which really infuriated me. Um, she did not play Back to December, one of my favorites. And she did not play Picture to Burn. Those were, you know, just a few of the songs that I noticed that were gone. Spoiler alert. Right? We got the whole, another spoiler alert, we got the whole 10-minute long version of her ode to Jake Gyllenhaal all too well. <laughs> yes, we yes, We got the did. whole thing, okay? And we even got, which kind of surprised me a little bit, we even got Betty, which is a, a newer song. And, uh, you know, I, I, I gave Ryan a little bit of trivia about the, the song Betty, uh, the three characters in the song are all named after uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's kids because they're really tight, apparently. Yeah. So three buckets out of five. Great movie. Go out, see Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. And if you don't like it, stay home on this one. But you know what? If you're if you're a girl dad, I always say that if you're a girl dad, chances are your daughter may drag you to this movie and go and enjoy yourself. That's that, that's my piece. <laughs> yeah. You know, the production on this was amazing, like I said. You know, I gave this also three buckets of popcorn just because of the production. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. There was a lot of songs that I had no idea what they were. Uh, The few songs I did know, you know, I was like, yay! And then I was like, okay. Can we get back to the stuff that I know? Yeah, what's next? (laughs) But yeah, you know, the the production value was just amazing. And the other thing about the show, I, I will say this, since it is basically kind of like a documentary i mean it's not it's yeah, a concert it, it's, film so they don't yeah. have to run it through the is it the mpaa still that rates movies that yeah. gives them ratings they don't have to pass it through them so i will say this there are a few words a few choice words few choice words that in any other movie would get this movie rated r yeah but it's not rated Okay. No, and, and, and then don't let don't let that deceive no, you. Don't it's let not that, like, no, it's not like Taylor Swift's on there, you know, dropping f bombs every other yeah. word, and you know, it's it's not. What up, mother? Yeah, it's like it's part of the song. <laughs> it's part of the song. So you know what? That's bound to happen. But for mature audience only. 
Right. Something like that. I, I don't no. know. I, go take your kids. Take your kids because they're the ones that are going to really appreciate yeah. it and go see this movie. As I said, don't, you know, don't get upset at your local theater because of the ticket prices. Don't get upset at your local theater because of they show it this day and this day and uh, this day. They're not in charge of that. They're under strict guidelines that they have to follow. And they may get their hands slapped rather severely if they don't follow. Yep. All right. So once again, go see the Eras Tour, the Taylor Swift concert movie. I've given it three buckets. Ryan gave it three buckets. It's it's a fun time for the whole family. Really, it is. And just go and enjoy it for the concert experience that you're getting. That's what I would say. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about more concert movies. Why not? So stick around. Stay right where you're at. Hey, idiots. We're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. Well, we just heard that Dave and Ryan highly recommend Taylor Swift and the Eras Tour. Now, here's the thing, Swifties. When it comes to concert films, Taylor is far from the pioneer. In fact, it's been happening for about 50 years. So if you got the itch to see more live concerts on the big screen, Dave and Ryan will talk about some of the best concert films to ever grace the big screen. So, you know, there have been a lot of great concert movies. Yeah. And you and I both had a difference in opinion, we shall say. Yeah, we went opposite directions. About concert (laughs) movies. Now, when I think concert movies, I think of... Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. It's a, it is a recording of the concert itself. Okay, mm-hmm. you went a totally opposite direction, and what did you come up with? I went with like an actual movie about a concert. See, you're you're you went more of the documentary type of style, which um, we had this conversation that you know there's a fine line between documentary and then just a concert filming. There is. We were just discussing that both the Eras Tour. And the Beyonce Renaissance Tour movie that's coming out mm-hmm. are not eligible to win an Academy Award. No. They are not because, that, as you said, there's a fine line there between what this movie is and a documentary. Yeah. So they cannot be nominated. So as we get into this, we're going to have some fun with it, mm-hmm. okay? Because I have seen all these movies that Ryan is talking about because they're some of my favorites. One of them in particular, I can sit and watch all day long. Because it's just that good. All right. And so I'm going to kick us off. And I am going to kick off with Michael Jackson's This Is It. So here's the deal about this movie. When adjusted for inflation, probably for at least the next two or three days, (laughs) it is the highest grossing concert film of all time. Okay. Um, $105 million domestically and $380 million worldwide. That's what this movie did. So I, like I said, for maybe the next two or three days, because I think, uh, I think Taylor Swift's opening in twenty some countries. Yeah. So we're gonna have a a, a new one here coming for this. Uh, the interesting thing about this movie as well is the fact that people thought this movie wouldn't get made because Michael Jackson was such a perfectionist. They thought there was no way that he was going to let anyone record rehearsals. Yeah, I remember when it came out, there was a big controversy about it. So there was that. And not only that, I'm sure that the you know the money that it made was fueled by the fact that he had passed away just six months earlier. Yeah. 
So uh, he he or four months, excuse me. He passed away in July. The movie came out in October. So that probably fueled a lot. And it is a great movie if you've ever sat and watched it or watched pieces of it. I've seen pieces it's, of it. It's him getting ready. I don't know if you remember when he signed that big, what was that, 50 show deal to be at the O2 in London. And these were the rehearsals for that. So it's, it's really good. You've got a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of background in, in what went on and what was going on and what it takes for him to get ready to do a show and you see the elements when like i said when people said he is a perfectionist you see that you see that in this so um i i like the movie i've seen it a couple of times i'm sure it's out there you can find it and watch it if you like michael jackson uh michael jackson's this is it that's my first entry into this so what's yours I'm going to go with Get Him to the Greek. And that's the movie I was talking about. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not like Dave's type of movie. It's it's an actual, like, movie movie. Um, you know, it stars Jonah Hill, Russell Brand, and Sean Diddy Combs. <laughs> Sean, Sean Diddy Combs is my favorite. <laughs> when, when he's chasing the limo at the very end. But, you know, it's a story about a uh, Russell Brand's character who's kind of a, a fallen out uh, rock star. And, you know, he's trying to get back to um, stardom. So he's doing a, uh, I think it's an anniversary, it's an anniversary show. It's an anniversary show. show, yes. Yeah. And so it takes place, starts over in London, and then, you know, Jonah Hill's character's got to get him all the way to California. He's got, what, 27 hours to yeah. get him from London to Los Angeles? Yeah, and like, I believe they land in um, New York, I believe it was. Yeah, that's the and, first stop. Yeah, and, and uh, Russell Brand goes missing. <laughs> and you know he's got to go do uh basically like the wake up america show oh uh, t- the today show yeah the today show the yeah. today yeah. show yeah <laughs> and he goes out in there and sings the clap <laughs> it's, it's a great movie it and the other thing movie. you can't talk about this movie and not talk about forgetting sarah marshall yes because he's the same character yeah, he's the same guy in the movie i love sarah marshall <laughs> <laughs> even uh, but, though but, even though we see more of jason siegel than yeah, we yeah, need but, to but that that that's that's movies for a different time <laughs> it but, is but yeah. yeah he plays the same character in it and i just i love it i love that movie i love the back and forth between him and jonah hill oh yeah i love all the things that combs puts jonah hill through <laughs> just, to, just to pet, get him there just pet the furry walls just pet the furry walls <laughs> just to get him there and yeah i I really enjoy it, and everything just, they kind of lose everything when yeah. they go to Vegas. Yeah, but, you know, it turns out great in the end, and he gets them there, and they, they actually become friends. They and do. Help, he helps them. Uh, in fact, re- I think he becomes restart, his producer. Yeah, helps him uh, restart his career. So, I, But that was mine. That, so. That's a good one. I, I like that one. So my next one is Madonna Truth or Dare. Okay, this one came out in 1991. It was filmed during her Blonde Ambition tour. Now, the cool thing about this one is, all the behind-the-scene footage was shot in black and white. And then when they're on stage, the concerts are all in color. And it's just kind of interesting. This is the time when she was dating Warren Beatty. He's in the movie. Um, a lot of insight into her growing up uh, with her family. Her brother comes and shows up, and he's supposed to be there on time, and he never shows up. And she ends up telling, I think, the guy at the front desk of the hotel, if he shows up, let him in as long as he's not got a lot of people with him. But just kind of everything that she goes through to try and keep behind the scenes her family together. And then her family and her singers and dancers family. So keeping it all together. Plus, this was like really at the height 
of of her popularity there in the nineties. I mean, you we see, had what like that a prayer could have been a documentary. Could have been. We had like a prayer come out at that time. We had you know all these other great songs. Uh, like a prayer, of course, every people may remember was the uh, very popular but maybe failed Pepsi commercial. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but it was really a great film. And one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing is, of course, it's backstage and they have all these people that come in that, you know, you'll recognize and stuff. And there's one scene when they're in L.A. and backstage and she's in her dressing room and Kevin Costner comes in with his daughter and he he's talking to her and he says, well, he goes, he goes, I really like the show. It was really neat. And he paused just like that, neat. And after he leaves and things have settled down, she goes, I hate people that think my show's neat. (laughs) But you get those insights into it. And plus, it's got great choreography. It's got great settings for the stage and for the music and the songs. So I I think it's a worthwhile watch. You can find that one anywhere, too. Like I said, that came out clear back in 91, the year after I graduated from high school. That's how long that movie's been around. But I like that one. All right. So my second movie is Detroit Rock City. Now, there's not a whole lot of uh, big names in this one. Um, there's Lynn Shane, Natasha Lorne. Now, this movie is basically about a, uh, a kid uh, growing up in his parents' house. She's And his mother is really, really, really religious. Like, Kiss is the devil. And he's not allowed to go there but he sneaks out of the house he gets with his friends he gets tickets to go to the show and she tracks him down and rips up his tickets and then at the end of the movie she actually becomes a kiss fan and don't they have to go and try and win tickets on the radio or something as i was gonna say that for some reason sticks out in my mind this was a good movie as well it's 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 one of those it's a road movie it It really is you know kiss will never make a disco song (laughs) <laughs> no, no, they will not. They will never make a disco song. And the Guidos <laughs> that they run into. Uh, I, I like this movie as well. And yes, you've got music from Kiss, but the rest of the soundtrack is pretty solid as well. It is. It's, it's a little It's a little raunchier than uh, some of the other um, uh, show, uh, movies we have on here. So, you know, I wouldn't take show it to the kids. Not yet. No, not, not yeah, not yet. Not yet. But yeah, it's, it was, it's a fun movie too. Because like I said, it kind of, it's almost like a, Maybe even a rite of passage film. Yeah, I was going to say like a coming of age. Yeah, kind of a rite of passage film. Kind of not in the kind of in the same vein as Dazed and Confused in that aspect. That yeah. you know, it's a guy that's that's finally coming to terms with, hey, you know what, mom, this is what I like and this is what I'm going to do. So I, I I like that one as well. That one's pretty good. And then the last one on my list, and I actually split it into two because I'm greedy like that, <laughs> is uh, Elvis Presley on tour. And Elvis, that's the way it is. Okay, the way it is came out in 1970, and Elvis Presley on tour came out in 1972. So it showcased performances. Elvis on tour was performances from his 15-city tour. And then the way it is has, like, behind-the-scene footage of rehearsals and performances at the International in Las Vegas. Um, Of course, Colonel Tom Parker was the technical advisor on both films and... A gentleman by the name of, perhaps you've heard of him, Martin Scorsese, worked on editing for Elvis on tour. Didn't we talk about this last week? (laughs) I don't know if we talked about it on the show or if we just talked about it to get a rise out of you. But (laughs) If you like Elvis, I'd like Elvis. 
I'm not going to apologize for liking Elvis. I, and these movies, both of them are great. There are other films out there that, you know, have even more footage. I was just talking about the fact that on, uh, I believe it was on Max, there is uh, like a behind the scenes kind of film of him and his rehearsals for That's the Way It Is and even more in depth and things like that. And then Baz Luhrmann just came out and said that they have found a bunch more live performance footage of Elvis that he's actually going to take the time and put together. Really? So we've got more coming from Mr. Presley if the movie Elvis with Austin Butler wasn't enough. <laughs> and if you haven't got your fill yet, you've got more coming and more on the way. So, yeah, And then there's a movie about Priscilla? That's coming out the 1st of November sometime. We're going to try and make it up to see that. Just out of morbid curiosity, I think we're going to try and go up and see that one as well. All right, so those are my movies. Okay, You've got one left, so bring us home. All right, my final movie is A Star Is Born. Now, this is the uh, the one, the recent one, not not the uh, older one with uh, Barbara Streisand. And you know why? That one is very good. You know why you picked that movie though? Why is that? Because Elvis was going to be in that movie was with he? Barbara Streisand. Oh, and Colonel Tom Parker and her did not get along. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> he was supposed to be in that movie. Yeah, interesting. Okay, carry on. All right. Well, uh, this one stars Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, and Dave Chappelle. And who knew Bradley Cooper could sing? I know. Did you know um, they actually sang the main song at uh, Coachella after the movie came out? Well, and I just remember the Oscars performance. Yeah. Where he saved her from, I believe there was a wardrobe malfunction. Yes. That he saved her, and it wasn't supposed to be that, but it turned into a very uh, moving performance where he went and sat by her on the on the bench of the piano. Yeah. And I think, he, if I remember right, I think he kind of put his arm around her waist to kind of hold everything in place while they finish singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in the movie, she basically kind of saves him on stage. You know, he he had a little potty accident. If you you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But yeah, this movie you know this movie is basically about uh, Bradley Cooper's character. He you know he's a famous uh, singer, and uh, he basically kind of falls in love with uh, Lady Gaga's character. Um, he meets her at a bar after one of his shows, invites her to come sing. So uh, she bring, he brings her on stage and she sings, and she goes off to be a huge, huge star. And he's kind of feeling depressed and uh, lonely because she's always gone and his career hasn't taken off as well. And so basically at the end, you know, he, uh, he takes his own life. So, you know, it's it's a, sad, it's a sad story, but, you know, it's a good one. I do recommend watching it. And it's one of those things, too, where we were talking about it, and I, I was like, yeah, I can't believe they snuck Dave Chappelle in there. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Dave Chappelle's uh, kind of becoming what, um, oh, in the 90s, uh, what is his name? He, uh, he's, he's Rob Schneider. Okay. Because Rob Schneider back in the day was in everything. That's true. And now Dave Chappelle's kind of like sneaking into sneaking everything. Sneaking in. So uh, those are our, you know, hits for concert movies. There are a bunch more out there. I mean, we didn't even dig into the older ones. The, you know, the the one that always comes to mind when people talk about concert movies, The Last Waltz came yeah. out back in like 75. And that was uh, the band and their, I believe, their final concert. Yeah. Uh, Woodstock. There's movies out there on that. Yeah, Plenty of great a lot other more ones. Fil- uh, movies too, like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, Elton John. You know, there's a ton more that we could cover, but we just didn't have time. That we could get into. And another one, you know, Taylor Swift's got a couple other ones out there too. Just going to say that. If you can't get enough from the Eras Tour, 
Go on Netflix and watch the Reputation Tour. Okay. Mind-changing. Mind-blown. Well, that too. All right, so that's going to do it for concert movies. When we come back, it's time for October Madness. October Madness! All right, imbeciles. Everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. Oh, we've done this before, but not in this setting. It's the ultimate 16 movie bracket to determine Dave and Ryan's scariest movie. I'll give our favorite duo three minutes to decide their winner, eliminating one movie at a time out of a tournament-style debate. The only catch? These two hard-headed jerks have to agree on which one comes out on top. All I'm looking forward to this one. All right, so we started this last week, and we decided we were going to call it October Madness. October Madness! Because it is like a March Madness-style tournament bracket. So last week, we started with 16 movies that are scary movies this week, and we whittled them down to eight. Now we're going to take these eight, and we're going to whittle them down to four. So here's the movies we're going to be talking about. Child's Play is going up against Halloween. Strangers is going up against Hellraiser. The movie It, not the TV miniseries It, is going up against Poltergeist. And Scream is going up against Nightmare on Elm Street. There's going to be some uh, difficult discussions there. I'm, my uh, Somebody's going to be crying. Maybe. <laughs> it's going to be me. <laughs> All right, are we ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Released in 1978, Halloween. Fifteen years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to a small town. And its opponent? We go back to 1988. It's Child's Play. A struggling single mother unknowingly gifts her son a doll, which has been possessed by a serial killer known as Chucky. And action. Okay, so the movie Halloween is... The, the one of the first scary. movies that I can remember seeing that yes it's 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 a scary scary movie and it came out during that time where you had all of these other movies that were like in the same uh, vein or the same genre come out at the same time yeah. as well so you have Michael Myers which of course is dubbed the boogeyman in the movie that's how they refer to him as the boogeyman maybe that's where the the you know being scared of it comes from is it comes from this movie. Uh, Michael Myers in this movie created unbelievable terror in a small town, and it it made a lot of people... So are you going with Halloween? Similarly, very famous, okay? So what did you think about Halloween, really quick? I liked Halloween. Honestly, when I saw it as a kid, it's scary. You know, that's my pick. I don't think Chucky holds up. You know, Child's Play is a little tiny. Are we we stopping? No, keep going. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Halloween. You know, scary. You know, it's the you know the serial killer coming from inside the house. You know, the slow walking, the stab you, stab you, and you know, Child's Play. It's a good movie, but it's a little doll. You kick it across the room, and they do that, but he still keeps coming back. Yeah, well, you take him and throw him in the the, the wood chipper. Uh, that's one way to get rid of him, I would guess. <laughs> but yeah, I I think you're right on this one. Halloween is just that. I mean, and it's named Halloween. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I think we're going with Halloween on this one. Halloween wins. First round moves on. Up next, we have The Strangers. 
Released in 2008, a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three unknown assailants. And its opponent, released in 1987, Hellraiser follows a woman who discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings. And action. So after our discussion about the strangers last week, I'm going to let you start this one. I'm going to have to go with Hellraiser. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's got, it's not just Hellraiser. There's uh, multiple beings, like I said last week, that, you know, they're just there to torture you. And, you know, basically kind of, it's like a, uh, oh, I wouldn't say bondage type of torture, but, you know, they're there to either help you or to not help you or to basically to help themselves help you. It is. It it's, is. And, it's, you know, it's about bondage. And Strangers is just. Hey, they happen to be home. Let's go kill these people. There's a line in the movie that said, you know, that talks about showing them pleasures that they've never seen before. It's about bondage. Yeah, you know, I, I understand that, um, you know, The Strangers is kind of like more realistic. But, you know, as long, you know, nowadays you got the home security system and all that. And, you know, most people here in America have a gun. You know, mm -hmm. I know Jordan. There's one actor that Jordan loves that has a gun. And it happens. Uh, Hellraiser to me, and I'll, I'll stand by this, Hellraiser to me was just about being bloody and gory. It truly was. It was, but there's also a story. You know, unlike uh, Saw last, that we talked about last week, this actually has a story in it. And, and I will go on and, uh, you know, I will say that uh, between these two movies, I'm going to put up a fight uh, Hellraiser is is the the more iconic horror movie in this out of this batch. So, but is it the one you like? It, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to I love, argue against me. I Dave. told you. I told you how I felt about the strange. Apparently, but when you pair it up against this movie, okay, Hellraiser is just one of those movies that everybody. When you talk about scary movies, Hellraiser comes to mind. Yep. So we're gonna go with Hellraiser right. out of that round. That's two for Ryan. Up next, It. Released in 2017, it's about the summer of 1989 and a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster known as Pennywise. And its opponent, the Poltergeist. Released in 1982, a family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. And action. So here's the thing. I find it very funny that these are two in the same round together because they yeah. are both based around clowns. Yeah, you know, I this was the one where I was like, it's it's going to be a hard, hard decision here because, you know, they're both scary. You know, you got Pennywise, Killer Clown, Poltergeist. It has clowns, but not only just clowns, you know, there's like the phantoms that pull you into the TV and at the end of the movie, all the... They were on the Indian burial ground or the cemetery and uh, all the dead bodies started rising up. So, you know, both movies are very scary. So this is the one I'm kind of on the fence with. But uh, which one are you going with? You know, you, you, they didn't move the bodies. They only moved the headstones. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Poltergeist to this day still frightens me. It, it really does. I remember seeing that movie back when it first came out, so I was probably 10, 11 years old, I remember watching that movie, and it still freaks me out. The As I brought up last week, the scene with the chicken in the bathroom <laughs> where the guy rips his face off, the, the clown scenes, all the weird things that go on in it. For me, yes, it is a great movie. It really is, but Poltergeist, for me, has to win this round. 
So you're going with Poltergeist? I'm going with Poltergeist. You know, it, it is very good. You know, you know, it has scary killer clown. To, and, you know, the way he hides in, like, paintings and, like, uh, shadows on the wall and stuff like that was it's just horrifying. But I honestly have to agree with you about Poltergeist. You know, it's not just about one thing. It's multiple things. And I think we're going to have to go with Poltergeist. So are we going to call that a win for me or a win for you? I'm going to call that a draw. Okay. <laughs> so Poltergeist moves on. Next, we start with the 1984 hit, A Nightmare on Elm Street. A girl and a group of her friends are being tormented by a clawed killer in their dreams named Freddy Krueger. The kids must think fast as Freddy tries to pick them off one by one. And its opponent, Scream. Released in 1996, a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a masked killer who targets her and her friends by using scary movies as part of the deadly game. And action. I honestly, this for me isn't even a, it isn't even a battle. It's not even a fair battle. You're right, it's Scream, right? No, it's not. How could it not be Scream? It's Nightmare on Elm Street. Why? Because Nightmare on Elm Street was that movie. It, you know, if you didn't have, we, we talked about Halloween in the first round and mm-hmm. before. If you don't have Halloween or Michael Myers, you don't have Freddy Krueger. And Freddy Krueger is one of those things and one of those beings. So, and so you're saying Freddy Krueger's an afterthought, which is correct because Scream should win. Freddy Krueger is one of those entities that you cannot get away from. You have to sleep. And that's what this movie preys upon is the fact that he only goes after people when they sleep in the movie. If that's the only way you can kill someone, you're not in a very effective uh, bad guy. Got a pretty with, high body with, with count, Scream, though. It was the very. First type of movie where, like, the call is coming from inside the house. You just said that yeah. about Halloween. No. I yes, did. You didn't did. Didn't I? Yes, you did. Jordan is jumping up and down excited. <laughs> you just said that about Halloween. But so it, that doesn't it, wash it here. It perfected that it's coming from inside the house. If it perfected it. It perfected it. The, the call, caller ID, the whole calling. All they did in the movie Scream was grab elements from other movies and other scary movies and put it in the same movie. Yes. That's like, all they did. Like America. America that's, took things no. from everywhere that's, and made it better. That's all they did, was they took elements from other horror movies. In fact, they even talk about it in the movie. I guarantee you, you will see more Ghostface Halloween costumes than you will Freddy Cougar. That's because there are too many young kids that that's all they know. Because it's scary. Their parents aren't raising them right. <laughs> Their parents are raising them just fine. No, eh? they are not. Because <laughs> Freddy Krueger is scarier to me than Ghostface. To you? Especially at the end of not the movie. To, not to me. But at the oh, end I'm of the burned. movie. I'm burned. I have claws in my head. Check out my fedora. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, you know who Ghostface Killer is in Scream. Yeah. You know who Freddy Krueger is right off the bat. But how do you stop him? Obviously, you have a can of Red Bull. No, you don't. <laughs> it didn't work. I'm going. I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street to me is a classic horror movie. And when I look at this, it's like if I'm going to call this October Madness, I'm I'm putting it out like I would make a bracket in March. And I think that Nightmare on Elm Street has a better shot against Poltergeist. You know the whole you know the whole bracket thing you're talking about. You know everyone loves an underdog story. That's what that's what Scream is right now. It's an underdog. Scream is not an underdog. It's not. Scream. Well, is you not. said Freddy Krueger was an afterthought. No, I said Freddy Krueger. You don't really have him 
if yeah, you don't unless have you have other the other one. So but he is what, an afterthought. But you then Scream that, could be considered the same thing. You could say that about thing. almost every horror movie. Right. Scream could be considered the same thing. All I'm saying is when you talk about people in movies that are frightening and scary that people remember, they talk about Michael Myers. They talk about Jason. It depends on they who talk you're about talking about. Pinhead. An older person, yes. A younger they person, They talk about no. Freddy Krueger. They do not talk about Freddy, Ghostface. Freddy is iconic. I will give you that. They don't talk about Ghostface because Ghostface has been around forever because that's what people wore for Halloween. It's a Halloween mask. All right. Okay. I, I, okay, fine, fine. I, I will give this one to you. All right. See? I knew you'd see it my way. It took me an hour to get you there, but I knew you'd <laughs> see it my way. All right. So that puts us at next week. Halloween's going to go up against Hellraiser. And Poltergeist gets to go up against Nightmare on Elm Street. Start your arguments. Get them ready now. (laughs) Oh, I'm already starting. All right. Jotting some notes down. Get them ready because you're going to need them. Okay, so that's going to do it. We're out of here for this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Be good.